Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Peeling Back Money and Life. I'm Casey. And I'm Mike. And today we've got a great topic lined up for you. And it's about steps that you can take when choosing the investments inside of your 401k. Absolutely. Your 401k is a key player in in mastering your finances and making the right investment decisions and choices that can have a huge impact on your future. So we're going to dive right in with, with understanding the plan that you have. It starts with really reviewing the plan documents. You know, you can get those from your HR department at your workplace. Uh, and, you know, your 401k plan documents contain a wealth of information and understand that it may not be the most enjoyable read, but it's well worth your time and investment to be able to do that about, you know, what are the investment options available to you? What kind of plan do you have? What are the fees associated with it? And many, many other important details that we'll kind of go through here in this episode. And the first thing that we're going to start with is knowing what type of retirement plan do you have and what are some of the common types? So many of us have heard of the 401k plan. And inside of that, you know, everybody has the traditional side. Some people also have a Roth option. So traditional, as a reminder, it's employees, you're able to contribute pre-tax income. And the contributions are earnings and tax. They're with they're taxed on when you withdraw from retirement. So you're you're contributing your money pre-tax. All matching money that your company provides is going into that traditional bucket. Some companies also provide the Roth option. These contributions by you, the employee, are made with after-tax dollars, similar to like a Roth IRA. And when you take them out at retirement, they're tax-free. 403B plans are very similar to 401k. You may have, just have a tradition, you may have a Roth. These are typically offered by nonprofit organizations, schools, or certain government entities. And another one that's similar is 457 plans that mainly those are primarily for state and local government employees. Uh, one key distinction here is some employ some places will have a 457 along with like a 403B and you're able to contribute to both of them up to the max. So, so knowing what you have available is huge. Uh, another one is defined benefit plans. These are, these are going away. Uh, pension plans, we're, we're located in Iowa. So, you know, here it'd be IPERS, uh, but, but many states and places are going away from those. Uh, simple IRAs, these are mainly for small businesses where and you're not able to contribute as much as you can from a 401k. So knowing what those contribution amounts are. And then if you're yourself, if you're self-employed and or a small business, you may have a SEP IRA, which is known as a simplified employee pension plan. Others out there, you may have a profit sharing plan. There's cash balance plans, um, ESOPs, which are known as employee stock ownership plans, and also non-qualified deferred comp plans. So knowing, do you have, which one do you have, or do you have multiple of these, and what are the inner workings? How, how can you maximize the plan to your, to your benefit? Uh, employers may choose the plan based upon factors like the company size, or the resources and the overall plan design that they, that they want for uh, themselves and the employees. So again, if you're not sure on what these, ask HR department. If you have a financial planner, you know, seek them out and ask, ask them what is the best option for you. And is there anything else here that we should have our listeners consider, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. So to determine, you know, if you have an employer match on your plan or maybe employer stock options, you're, you're going to want to refer to those plan documents that you mentioned a little bit ago. And it's important to understand that your options inside and out 
and where and where to find this information at. So, you know, go to your HR, ask them for your plan documents. Um, you know, they should be able to give you a copy of those documents. And they might be available in print or digital format, but just go through those. And, and these documents will provide you that information about matching contributions that your employer has. Um, that they offer, as well as any, maybe you, maybe your company has stock options that they give you. Maybe they're a public publicly traded company, or even private companies give stock options um, that that they might be available in your plan. And reviewing these documents and consulting with the person that runs the plan at your company, typically it's within HR. It'll help you to understand those specific details uh, that are provided. Um, read the summary plan description. This is often called the SPD um, for short or the acronym. And, and uh, the SPD provides the overview of the, of the key provisions of your retirement plan, including uh, your eligibility. You know, maybe you're, you're eligible right away. Maybe you have to wait. Uh, what your contribution limits are. Uh, different uh, companies offer different vesting schedules. Um, and what this means is how long do you have to remain with the company to be able to keep the employer match if you leave? And, and, there, and there's more. So just really familiarize yourself with that document and understand the basic um, rules and, and guidelines in that plan. Uh, the next step really is to take a look at what investment options you have. And we'll talk a little bit more about this, but your plan document should outline the investment options that they make available to you and, and take the time to review and understand these options. And we'll go into this uh, in depth later and, and show you how these options will fit in with the rest of your plan. Um, next, really understand the plan rules and the restrictions. Uh, they may have certain rules or restrictions regarding contributions or withdrawals or, you know, maybe loans that you may need to take in an emergency. But familiarize yourself with these rules and just so that you know and you can comply um, with any of the requirements. So remember, just review your retirement plan document. Uh, like Casey said, you know, it's it's a little bit of a dry read, but it's an essential step in making really good informed decisions. And understanding those provisions in the document and evaluating your options, you can really take control of your financial future. Yeah, and once you once you review those documents, once they don't make a lot of changes. So once you understand it, um, it's it's pretty easy to go back through there if they did make a, a slight change. And when you're doing those, uh, one of the things we want to do is what available funds do you have? What investment choices do you have in your four hundred one k, four hundred three b, four hundred fifty seven, or whatever retirement plan that you have? Um, one of the first things that that I like to go to is the fees. Uh, and also known as looking at the expense ratio on the funds. Um, one of the key uh, distinctions here that we try to kind of, because some places have, you know, maybe it's 10 funds or maybe it's 20, 30, 40, 50 plus funds. So it, it can be kind of cumbersome to click on each fund and which one has. But finding funds with expense ratios, of it's also known as 10 basis points of 0.10 or 10 basis points or less. This will help kind of narrow down your options. Hopefully you have at least a couple. Uh, and even if you don't, you know, it, it's important to find, you know, which one is going to best suit your overall portfolio allocation uh, with, with whether you have your spouse, you know, what options they have available with you uh, and consider your other investment vehicles. You know, do you have a taxable brokerage account? Do you have IRA options? And 
if you if you have an investment policy statement, we're going to talk a little bit here about what that is and go further in depth in a future episode. Uh, but it's also known as an IPS. If you have a financial planner, financial advisor, you, you probably have one. Uh, if you're kind of a do-it-yourselfer, I would encourage you, if you don't have one, to, to get one. Uh, what this does, it can provide a clear direction. Think of it more as like a, a game plan where it can help you define where you want to go financially and how you plan to get there. Uh, it can it can help with consistency. It keeps you on track, you know, with with whether it's different investments coming in or you know market fluctuations. You're less likely to make impulsive decisions when you have that investment policy statement. Uh, risk management. It's going to help you figure out how much risk you're comfortable taking. You know, are making sure that you're you're taking the appropriate amount of risk. And if you have an uh, advisor, a communication. Uh, or if you're doing it with your spouse, it's communication. It's like, it's like having a shared playbook that before making a rash decision, you can go back to that document that you put together um, and different things that are included. It's going to clearly state your goals. So whether it's a combination or one of these, you know, for whether it's saving for retirement, buying a house, uh, funding your children or grandchildren's education, it's going to clearly outline what is your risk tolerance. Do you, are you more comfortable taking risk? Are you, do you have a more conservative approach? Are you and your spouse a little bit different and this is your compromised approach? Uh, what's, what's your time horizon for, for the different goals that you have? So, you know, listing out each goals and the appropriate investment uh, timeline associated with those. Uh, asset allocation that we've talked about in previous episodes on how much you want in stocks, bonds, and cash, it's going to detail that. Now, uh, the big picture of, you know, I want 60% stocks and 40% bonds and cash, but also the detail breaking it down, like how much am I, what am I going to have in U.S. stocks and how much in each asset class? What am I going to have in international stocks in each asset class? Am I going to own short-term bonds? Am I going to own intermediate-term bonds and how much in each of those? Um and then lastly, monitoring and reviewing. When it's going to outline, when are you scheduling to regularly check your investments and making adjustments if needed? Uh, it, think of it like a, as a financial GPS. It, it's that foundation that making sure that you are staying on that right path to help you reach your destination with fewer detours by having an investment policy statement. Um, anything else to add here, Mike, or what, what do we have next for our listeners? Yeah, just to kind of summarize, Casey, what you talked about. This is these are the same concepts we've talked about, you know, in becoming a wise investor and in, in your asset allocation. And, and it's it's not a coincidence that we're repeating these things. These are the these are the core foundations of how you pick and what you choose in in your four hundred one k, which this episode is about. Really, you know, we just want to remind you that it plays into your portfolio, and we have to think about those same things. So, uh, by all means, review review these things over and over and over until you know you can just repeat them yourself and, and repeat them to your spouse it's, it's just really good um, the next thing really is let's look at the overall asset allocation um, you know across different asset classes you know stocks and bonds and maybe even a little bit of cash and and that helps to ensure so that I your portfolio is really, really well back balanced to, you and not know, overly episode nine where we where we go through some of these concepts of more in depth, right? right? So, the steps in developing your asset allocation, as I just talked about, you know, that step one, identify your goals, your time horizon, your risk tolerance. Step two, um, add up all of your assets that you have. You know, this is this is the money that's in your 401k that we're talking about now and maybe an IRA from another job or an old 401k that you've not moved or maybe a taxable brokerage account. Um 
Look at all those investments that you have and add all those up. Step three, really determine how much you want to have in stocks and in bonds and cash. And that goes into, you know, your ask, you know, um, how much risk you, you want to take and how much risk you need to take to hit your goals. Um, step four is is choose your desired funds. And, that, and that's where, you know, that's where it becomes difficult. Um, you, you may or may not have good funds in your 401k that we're talking about right now. And so how to mix and match um pull those good funds that are in your 401k and match those, you know, against funds in your IRA that maybe uh, you don't have available to you in your 401k. So really choosing your desired funds in step four. And then finally, in step five, um, choose how you're going to rebalance. And we've talked about this before. Maybe it's, you know, you pick one day every year and you just rebalance your account on that. Or maybe it's a threshold method where, you know, if my allocation gets out of whack by X percent, we typically recommend about 10 uh, that's when you would uh, go ahead and rebalance. So again, go back to that episode on asset allocation and review that uh, for further information. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. And, you know, kind of as a reminder back going back to that episode too, I believe we talked about, you know, look at your 401k first because those those options are going to be more limited on investments available than what's going to be in your, in your IRA when, you don't, when you're talking about asset allocation. And I'm sure many listeners are probably wondering, you know, how do we monitor and adjust our, our 401k? Um, it, it isn't a set it and forget it deal. Uh, it's, it's important to regularly review your 401k, just like you would regularly review your, your IRA, your, your spending, your saving. Um, and, and a couple of suggestions here, making sure to schedule, you know, we just talked about the IPS of ske- when you're, when you're really going to schedule it in, put it on your calendar. Maybe it's the same time that you do net worth on January 1st, for example, or whatever date that you picked. Um, it's, it not, doesn't have to be done, you know, every quarter, you know, one, once a year is okay on that. And things to consider when you're looking at it, did you get any raises at your job that maybe do you need to change from traditional to Roth or vice versa? Or what about upping your contribution or do you, does the contribution amount stay the same? Where are you at with that? Did any, did anything happen with, uh, the max that you're able to contribute? Did that go up? That usually comes out towards November, December of each year, whether, whether it stayed the same or it changed. Did any investment options change within your plan? Uh, you know, looking at quickly, looking at the investment options, the plan documents, if anything changed, they're going to send something out. Uh, but so making sure just to kind of look over that, any life changes that, that happened over the past year since you last looked at it, you know, whether it's a job change, uh, with your spouse, or maybe it's, uh, you know, having kids or buying a house or something, anything changing with it, with your overall target asset allocation that, you know, I need to, I need to, change things a little bit within my 401k because of we're, we're near more towards retirement getting ready to withdraw money. Uh, or maybe you're taking that action within your IRA account, but looking at all your investments as a whole, as, as, as a, as a spouse too, and considering that when you're looking at your 401k, uh, and next up Mike here is, is taxes. You know, it's something that many times we often overlook, we think of just preparing our taxes. We don't often think of, of tax planning necessarily. So what should our listeners kind of keep in mind, you know, within their 401k and regarding taxes? Hmm, great question, Casey. So 
contributions to a traditional 401k, those are tax deferred. And what that means is that you don't pay taxes on the money you put into your 401k now. You'll pay taxes on it down the road when you withdraw that money, you know, be it in retirement or wherever. On the other hand, you know, we see Roth 401ks. And just a side note too, we, we're throwing the term 401k out here, but this this really refers to all the types of uh, retirement plans that you contribute to and that your employer matches to. But anyway, a Roth 401k, those contributions are after tax. So you have paid taxes on that money when you contribute it into your account. And, and what that means is in, when you take withdrawals out when you're in retirement, you won't owe any taxes at all. It's really a pretty good deal. And so understanding these implications is really crucial for effective retirement planning. You know, none of us know what the tax code is going to be when we retire. You know, some of us are close to retirement. It might be a few years. Uh, Some of us are young and it'll be quite quite a number of years. We don't know what that tax code is going to be. So um, having a nice mix to is something to consider. Um, Oh, another thing to consider too is all employer matching money. So if you work for a company and they maybe match 4% of your wages into your 401k, that money is pre-tax bucket, meaning that when you pull that money out later, you'll get, you'll have to pay taxes on that. And the reason for that is the companies want the tax deduction on the, the money that they're submitting into your account. So that's why, um, you may have that. So if you have a Roth you know, Roth 401k, the money that you contribute is after tax. You've already paid taxes on it, but the the matching money that your employer puts in is is pre-tax. So you'll have a little bit of a mix um, down the road. So another thing too is is what happens if when you start with an employer or maybe you leave an employer, what, what should you do? And I want to jump really when you start for an employer, you know, things to look at. Um, you know, you're excited when you start a new job and there's a lot of things, there's training and there's, you know, all the HR presentations and, you know, that goes on and on. And you may get that first paycheck and you see that there's a automatic, you know, you're, you're contributing to your 401k. So what a lot of companies are now doing is, uh, they're setting up a, a retirement plan for you that's opt out, meaning that you're put into it automatically unless you opt out of it. And typically what happens in these scenarios is they'll pick a, a target date fund. You know, they'll set you up at a, at a 6% uh, a contribution and they'll put you in a target date fund. And, you know, you may see on your paycheck, oh, I'm contributing to my 401k. That's great. That's set up, you know. Well, you know, a, is that the right contribution that you want to be making? And then B, does that target date fund fit within your overall investment plan? So that's something that you'll want to really take a look at when when you start with an employer. But Casey, what about the scenario when someone leaves an employer? What what steps should they take regarding a 401k? Absolutely. You know, whether you're leaving your job for to go to another job or you're leaving your job due to retirement, you're, you're typically going to have a few options. Uh, when you leave your employer plan, you can roll it into you know an IRA. You can roll it into your new employer's plan, or you can cash it out. And you know, thinking of do you have a Roth four hundred and one k and a traditional four hundred and one k? Then you're going to if you roll it into an IRA, for example, then you're going to have a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA. Typically, um, we're going to go through kind of each option, pros and cons, and it's 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 
essential to consider your specific situation and your overall investment plan and financial goals when considering these. So the first one here is leave the money in your former employer's plan. What are the pros with this? Well, one, it's convenient. You're, you're leaving the money there. It requires no, no immediate action on your part. And there, you're also familiar with it. You're, you're satisfied maybe with the investment choices and the fees that are offered. Uh, so leaving there is just kind of the simple and familiar choice that, that we see a lot of people, a lot of people do, whether that's the right decision for them or not. Uh, what are some cons that people should think about? Well, typically within, you know, retirement plans at workplaces, you have limited investment options compared to IRA accounts. You're, they may have, you know, investment options that are maybe high fees. Uh, so you're not able to be diversified as much and meet in your investment plan. You're not going to have as much control over those. You know, you don't get to choose what funds uh, are going in there or what the fees are. And it may be more difficult tracking. So if you have, you know, one or multiple workplace plans out there, in addition to IRA accounts out there, they're at different places versus you've got all at one place, it's going to be more easier to track. And also the last kind here is mandatory 20% federal tax withholding, whether that fits your situation or not, even if you only needed to withhold 10%. They're going to mandatory withhold 20%. You'll get that money back at tax time, but that's you know, a requirement if you decide to leave uh, money within, within the workplace. Uh, number two here is should you roll it over to a new employer's plan if you're, if you're not retired and going to a new job? Some pros here, it's, it's consolidating that. You know, rolling it over to your 401k and to a new plan so you only have just one account instead of two to worry about. Uh, maybe the investment options are a little bit better that you have, uh, maybe it's lower cost funds or maybe um, broader investment options available to you. Some cons to consider, uh, maybe the investment options aren't as limited. So you want to make sure that you're looking at the plan before deciding to roll it over uh, to your new employer. What are the administrative requirements uh, to roll it over? So there's going to be some you know, paperwork involved, so which can be time consuming and require, you know, attention to detail depending on how the new plan differs from your old plan. So it's going to be talking with HR and what is all needed within that. Uh, future job changes, you know, if you change jobs again in the future, you may need to repeat the rollover process again. Third here, should you roll it over into an individual retirement account, also known as an IRA? Uh, pros here, you're going to have way more investment options than available within, within your 401k, no matter what 401k, you know, retirement plan out there that you have, the IRA options, whether you're choosing, you know, something like Vanguard or Fidelity or Schwab or something else, you're gonna have a lot more investment options available. Uh, you're gonna have flexibility available. With an IRA, you can choose, uh, you know, as I just said, multiple different institutions there. So, you know, what it, what's, what's gonna suit you the best in terms of services and fees? Uh, and you're, it's gonna simplify your stuff. So instead of having multiple accounts out there, you're gonna be able to simplify it all into one custodian, one institution and into one you know, IRA, for example. Maybe, maybe you have a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, but you can have all that in one place. Some cons, uh, it, it's really the paperwork is the, is the kind of trying the going through the rollover process. Uh, but, but once you have it done, it's done. Versus, you know, if you're trying to manage, you know, the old 401k at your workplace and the new one and the IRA accounts by consolidating on going through that limited, you know, time period of, of paperwork, you're going to be much better off in the long run in terms of simplifying your investment plan in, in, your, in your stress level. Uh, if, you, if you have, if you want to consult with more of a financial planner, uh, you know, for personal guidance on what you should do 
in your situation of whether you should roll it over to your new uh, employer place or roll it over to an IRA. Um, you know, those are definitely things to consider before making a leap into a decision. Now, um, Mike, we're going to talk next about what are some common pitfalls. We talked a little bit about, you know, starting the 401k, leaving the, leaving the plan if you get a new job or retire. But what are some other things that our listeners should kind of think about or be cautious about? Yeah, probably uh, the biggest thing that we see uh, most often is that that uh, investors chase performance. And what does that mean? That means, you know, oh, I see that this particular mutual fund or this stock has gone up, you know, well, we think that it's going to continue to go up. And, and so we think it's a great fund or a great stock and, and we buy it. Well, there's something called reversion to the mean and, and stocks go up and stocks go down. And just because a stock has gone up, immense amount recently doesn't mean it's going to continue. You know, everything has a long-term average that, that it goes, uh, it, it reverts to. So don't, don't be chasing that performance. Uh, again, just because it performed well in the past doesn't guarantee that it's going to continue to p- perform at that same level. So it's really essential to consider your, your long-term goals and, and stick to your investment strategy that you've developed. You know, that's what this investment policy statement or IPS is that we talk about. Um, again, uh, avoid taking loans from your 401k or, or your 403b unless absolutely necessary. Uh, you know, we go back and we talk about compound interest and, and how time is your is your greatest friend in investing. And so by taking a loan out of your 401k, you're, you're really, it's, it's likely that you're going to impact your long-term savings. And I know you hear, oh, I'm paying myself back four and a half percent. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but maybe the market was giving you 20 and a half percent while you're paying that loan back. And so you missed out on, on a huge amount. And if you go back to our previous episodes and you, you know, you listen to where, you know, there's periods where if you miss 25 of the, the best days in the market, um, that, that has a huge impact on, on your portfolio. And, and maybe one of those days is when you're paying, uh, yourself, you know, you've got that loan and that money's really not in the market. Um, so don't, don't chase performance. Uh, the next thing, you know, when reviewing the options that you have in your 401k, pay attention to the fees that are on each option. You know, fees, uh, they have a huge impact on the overall performance and growth of your investments. And, and look for options that have lower expense ratios and avoid the funds that have, you know, really high excessive um, fees because that'll lead into your returns over time. Um, for example, my wife worked for a hospital in the town that we live in and they offered a target date fund. And that target date fund at the time when she was investing in it was 75 basis points. And, you know, Vanguard and Fidelity and everybody has those same funds that are maybe 15 basis points or, you know, six tenths of a percent less. That eats into your performance over time. So carefully consider the fees and and make more informed investment decisions to maximize how your 401k grows. And, and, you know, you can do that by looking at the expense ratio. Um, The next thing really, you know, make sure that that overall fund selection fits within your asset allocation, you know, as a whole family, that's, that's you and your spouse or you and your partner or, or, you know, look at everything and how does that particular fund fit into that whole remember a moment ago i talked about you know when you start with an employer sometimes they just automatically put you into a target date fund well that may or may not fit into your whole family plan so that's another pitfall that you want to look at and so what are you know the next thing too is is 
as we're going down this road and we're, and we're trying to educate you on all these different things, we want you to be able to, to find information and become educated from other resources as well. And so there's, there's plenty of great resources out there and, and sometimes it can even feel overwhelming, but we wanted to give you, you know, a handful of books here that you can maybe dive into and that are pretty easy, uh, pretty easy reading. So the first one is by an author, uh, Daniel Solon, and, and we like Daniel Solon. He's a very easy author to read. He makes things simple to understand. And, and his book that we would recommend is The Smartest 401k Book You'll Ever Read, Maximize Your Retirement Savings, The Smart Way. Uh, the next one is uh, by the founder of Vanguard. You know, um, we love Vanguard here. Uh, John Bogle, the founder of Vanguard, was the first one to create the index fund and made it simple for the everyday investor to get great returns over time. And that book is The Little Book of Common Sense Investing, the only way to guarantee your fair share of stock market returns. Um, again, a great book by John Bogle. Um, next book is by our good friend and mentor, Mike Finley. And his book on investing is What Color is the Sky? The world of investing is full of illusions that stop you from seeing reality. If you push the clouds aside, the truth will appear. Again, that's by Mike Finley. And, and Mike's a great author, too. Like Daniel Solon, he makes things really simple to understand for the, for the everyday person. And so, um, and then, you know, beyond those resources, there's, there's a ton of financial planning software um, that's out there that can help you with this. Uh, new retirement is one. I know Fidelity has one if you're on their platform, or you could just use a spreadsheet. Um, you know, if you're if you're a spreadsheet nerd, kind of like I am, um, you can build one to help with your investment allocations, and you can get graphs and charts of your asset allocation and all kinds of things as you you dive in and learn and and nerd out on this stuff. Um, and then finally, you know, maybe just a Word document um, that you can use or a Google docs document to create your investment policy statement get it down in in words so that you can you can review this on on occasion to make sure that you're 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 properly set up to meet your goals and and we'll dive into this um, more on a future episode so as we wrap this up um today we we hope that you found today's discussion on choosing your investments inside your 401k helpful right so Remember, your financial future is in your hands, and taking the right steps now can make all the difference in the world down the road for you, whether that's doing it yourself or uh, whether you choose to work with a financial planner. And one thing I wanted to add on that, too, we've talked about, you know, occasionally working with a financial planner, and we've talked about fee-only, um, finding a fee-only planner on this on this podcast. And one thing I wanted to point our listeners to is, there's an organization out there called NAPFA. Um, and if you go to their website, napfa.org, it's N-A-P-F-A.org, there is an option there for find an advisor. So if you want to work with a fee-only advisor, uh, you can go there and you can put in your zip code and some other details and, and they'll give you a list of fee-only um, advisors uh, in your area that you can work with. Casey? Absolutely. <clears throat> Lastly, we want to leave our listeners with an action step. So action step here is take a moment to review your retirement plan documents. Uh, what are you currently invested in? You know, do you receive a match? Does it fit within your overall investment plan? So familiarize yourself with it and see if there's any changes that need to be made. 
And lastly, for our disclaimer, this podcast for educational purposes only has anything you'd find online. We only give advice to people who we know their personal situation without knowing yours would be foolish to provide advice. For advice, consult the experts you may have in your life, your accountant, your attorney, your financial advisor, essentially the people who know you and your situation personally.